Welcome to This is for the CV, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit. This is a podcast by two professors who have funny, at least we think so, deep and disagreeing conversations about politics, education, and pop culture. We have different worldviews, different backgrounds, and different beliefs on how great a film The Joker is. In part two of our political ad pod, we look at ads from The Lincoln Project. The Lincoln Project is a group of conservative individuals who are not fans of President Trump. They release many, many ads and seem to have taken up residence inside the president's head. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Rebecca. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Should we be honest that we're... (laughs) recording Should these we be honest i always always or yes. recording these episodes back to back so that's why it's funny back to, back. to ask how you're doing back to back. how are you now that you've been on this call with me for over an hour <laughs> an hour and 40 you know, minutes <laughs> sweaty yeah right like just sweaty because sweaty the ac's not on because i don't want it to pick up on the mic much like you same i did the same in <laughs> fact i'm gonna just pop off this sweater because there's no need to have a long sleeve on right now it's warm in here <laughs> Yeah, the air vents in here are like, so we don't want that. Yep. We got dogs and kids in the background, but we can control the air. Are, are your poor kids hot for this? Oh, no. Like, they, they've been outside. You know, they've been outside to get some energy out. Yeah. And so they're coming back in. Probably going to eat something, mm-hmm. lay it down. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's an important time to have a yard. It's beneficial. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really feel for... Families with young kids that are in apartments, it's tough for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, in part one of political ads, we mm-hmm. we, we looked at campaign-specific ads, like things that were endorsed by those candidates, things that you can find on those candidates' YouTube page. Today, or well, for this episode, because <laughs> it's still today. Still today. It's always today when we say it. We're going to be looking at ads from the Lincoln Project. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, who who is the Lincoln Project? What 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 what's their what's their deal? The Lincoln Project is a group of conservative Republicans who came together to create this political action committee to push back on Trump. They are backing the Democratic candidate, whoever that was going to be. And now that it's Biden, they're supporting Biden and. I think they're his most effective messengers. I think that's fair. And I think that they were what was called never Trumpers in 2016. Folks that were completely anti. Now, I think in 2016, they didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. I think they wrote somebody in or didn't vote at all. They did a Gary Johnson thing. Right, exactly. I, I think that they just couldn't hold their nose hard enough to pull the lever for Hillary Rodham Clinton, as dumb as they are, because if Hillary Rodham Clinton was the president right now, I know I'd be able to go outside. I might not even have a mask on. Okay, there I said it. But anyway, beyond that, I think this time around they have come out and said we're mm-hmm. we're, we're rocking with Biden, which yes. is quite the statement for a you know entrenched conservative Republican operatives for years and years. Mm-hmm. And if you go to the Lincoln Project, you can see the exact people behind it. They're not hiding who they are. No, right. They have been conservatives for their full lives or, you know, their, their careers, and they are putting out these kinds of messages. So what we're going to do today is 
I'm going to play the two most recent ads they put out. They're all really short because that's part of their savvy. There is one that came out today called Memories, and there's one that came out yesterday called Conservative. I mean, they're putting ads out every few days. They're Mm -hmm. really doing some things. These aren't necessarily their best, but they're their most recent. So we'll talk about those, and then you're going to play us a couple of their best. Okay. I'll start us off with Memories. These are the memories COVID took from us. A child's birthday. Time spent with friends. The first kiss. Or the big day. A homecoming game on a cool fall evening. The first day of college. Or a proud graduation. Dreams of starting a business and building a legacy. Lifting our hearts in prayer and sharing our faith in God together. The blessing of a peaceful passing of an elderly parent surrounded by family. COVID has robbed America of so much. None of this had to happen. We have suffered needlessly because Trump is a fool, a liar, and a failure. Most countries stopped it. Trump refused. It's Trump's virus now. And before it's over, a million of us could die. What we've lost reminds us of the stakes this November. It truly is a choice. America or Trump. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. Okay, what do you think? Uh, a very somber ad. Um, speaking to, you know, the realities on the ground. And it's not just the realities of folks that actually are in the hospital or, or recovering from COVID or even died from COVID. It's speaking to, to, to those of us who have altered our lives in significant ways to, to flatten the curve and stop the spread. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we teach students that didn't get to graduate. Mm-hmm. They graduated, but they didn't get to walk. They didn't get to put the regalia on. They didn't get to go to their institutions. They didn't get to have that time with their fam. They didn't get to shake the president's hand, right? Like all that stuff. Like those are memories. They worked for that. They earned that. They deserved they that. For that. Yep. It didn't happen. There's any myriad of, of instances just like that. Both my kids had birthdays and they were on Zoom, mm-hmm. right? Like people are watching them blow out their candles that would have been in the same room. Mm-hmm. And they are showing images of birthday parties and weddings and football and graduations and holding grandma's hand in the hospital. Yeah. Things that if you haven't been touched by multiple, you've been touched by one of those things. Yes, absolutely. At least one. And then the images are very diverse in age, in race, in economic status that they're trying to portray. And I suspect they're wanting to be like all of us. Every one of us is experiencing this. And it didn't have to be this way. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they give us the narrative, we feel attached, and they say, and whose fault is this? That fool. They call him a fool. Yeah, they call him a fool, which is, I don't I don't like that language at all, but that... I was surprised by it. I mean, I don't disagree that he's a fool, but I... It, it kind of shifted the ad and in in the tone of it for me a little bit. Yeah, they call it Trump's virus. It's, it's Trump's virus now. I'm like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're, you're playing some rhetorical games. I see what you're doing. You're, you're saying that none of this despair had to happen. I don't know if that's true. I, I, I don't know if America would have rocked with a lockdown in February and a, a true lockdown. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, nobody's leaving their house for a month. I, I don't know if liberty would have stood for that, so to speak, especially when we had 
what eight cases in february right like no it's hard to explain exponential growth to people that don't understand statistics like that mm -hmm. and if you're looking around you're like hey we have seven cases why are we tripping it's hard to say well in a month and a half you're gonna have 7700 like it's hard to even speak in those terms i think you're exactly right because now that 150,000 people are dead and we have millions upon millions of people with this virus, people are still like, these restrictions, too strict. Okay. So yeah. it's it would never, there would never be enough, I think, to convince at least a certain group. And it only takes, you know, about 20% of people just acting a fool and not caring to allow this to continue. Mm-hmm. I give that joint a solid nine. I was going to say 8.5. Hey, then it's 8.5. <laughs> no. <laughs> average together 8. for 8.75. 8. <laughs> Look at yeah. us doing the math. <laughs> Guys, we know things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the generalness of the message and the fact that we can all relate to it, I think is the most successful thing. And then yeah. the transition to, and whose fault is this? And whose fault is this? And some of that might not land. The tone of it might not land with everyone, but it's smart. Okay, this one's called conservative. Ooh. My name is Dan Bargoff. I'm an ex-Navy SEAL, turned emergency room physician, and the founder of Veterans for Responsible Leadership. I'm an American combat veteran and a conservative. I don't agree with Joe Biden on many issues, but one thing we agree on is that we are a nation of laws, and the Constitution is a sacred document. It's a document that I fought for and some of my friends died for. Protecting our freedoms and the rules of the game is a fundamentally conservative act. President Trump shows no such respect for the Constitution. He and his cronies disrespect freedom of assembly, due process, and states' rights. Joe Biden will conserve the Constitution. He will conserve the rule of law. He will conserve the American dream as we've promised it to our children. Trump is weak. Trump is not conservative, but he's the most easily fixable problem in America today. A vote for Joe Biden in this election is a vote for our Constitution. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. What say you? What say I? I mean, a lot going on there. A lot going on there. Mm -hmm. You have a combat veteran. You have, what do you say, a doctor? Mm-hmm. Right? A conservative? Hey, check, 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 check. Exactly. Check, check. Tick in those boxes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're taking yeah. all of the words that conservatives really like to hear, and they're trying mm -hmm. to associate that with Biden. Mm -hmm. Constitution, rule of law. Mm -hmm. States' okay. rights. States' rights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you love states' rights, right? Mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, he talks about the president in ways you know causes cause folks his cronies mm -hmm. and i just think that there's a certain segment of authority out there and i think trump believes this too that you know this isn't this isn't a democracy this isn't a republic this is more like an oligarchy like there's there's a there's a there's a certain group of learned powerful people that could do things and they know best and, you know, you heard Jared Kushner basically refer to the American people as customers. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, homie, I'm not your customer. I'm your boss. You work for me. You're a, you're a civil servant. I, you, you don't produce products that I buy. <laughs> I put you there to do stuff for me. You get stuff done for me or I get somebody in there who 
does the stuff that I need to do. We, we, we run you, bro. But that, they don't see it that way. And, and this ad is speaking to that notion of, hey, it's bad, but we, you know, our constitution allows that we get people up out of there, term limits and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a perfect messenger for this. And the imagery is really interesting, too, because it's just American flags. Like, I want to go through and count them. There might have been 17. Like, just American wow. flag, American flag, we the people. Constitution, show the Constitution. And one thing that's interesting is when they said that doesn't respect the First Amendment right to assemble, they showed people protesting with Black Lives Matter signs. It mm. wasn't it wasn't old stock footage, which is what a lot of ads were using. Like stock footage of things that have nothing to do with what they're portraying, like in the Trump ad that we talked about last week or last time. <laughs> um they, that TV that the the sweet woman who's about to be attacked is watching, it's like stock footage when you like Google riot. And it's not even from the United States. And so that tends to be what's making its way through these ads. So I thought that it was interesting that not only is this ad asking conservatives to connect these conservative values to Biden, they're trying to shift sentiment around the protest from looters and rioters that need to be controlled by the federal government to your constitutional right to protest and assemble and states rights to respond without federal interference so i thought that was interesting and probably the most nuanced piece of the whole thing mm, mm-hmm. yeah that's good you ready to grade it's a pretty straightforward ad i'm ready to grade it okay I give it i give it an eight you give it an eight i agree i give it an eight all right all right no argument there Okay, so those are those the most recent last two days, clearly touching on what's going on in Portland, clearly touching on coronavirus. Anthony, play us some of the ones that you think are the best. Okay, this one is called Trumpfeld. <laughs> I haven't heard this, but you told me about it, and I'm excited. Trumpfeld. To the best of my knowledge... We're sitting at the White House. I must tell you. No, I'm just telling you. And the Oval Office is right behind me. Fox News has a new poll out today. Joe Biden leads you by eight points, 49% to 41. First of all, I'm not losing. People trust Biden more to handle the coronavirus by 17 points, race relations by 21 points. Those are fake polls. We still have more than 100 days to this election, but at this point, you're losing. Not on my watch. It's not going to happen on my watch. I have other polls that put me leading. I have a poll where we're leading in every swing state. If I may, sir, respectfully, in the Fox poll, they ask people, who is more competent? Who's got, whose mind is sounder? Yes. Biden beats you in that. Uh, let's take a test. Let's go down. Joe and I will take a test. Let him take the same test that I took. Incidentally, I took the test, too, when I heard that you passed it. Well, it's not the hardest test. Nobody's done what I've done. There's a picture, and it's a test, and it's an elephant. No, no, no. See, that's all misrepresentation. Yes, the first few questions are easy. But I'll bet you couldn't even answer the last five questions. I'll bet you couldn't. They get very hard, the last five questions. Well, one of them was count back from 100 by 7. <laughs> and let me tell you, 
you couldn't answer All right, what's the question? many of the questions. I'd get you the test. I'd like to give it. But I guarantee you that Joe Biden could not answer those questions. Okay. Don't you believe America deserves a president who doesn't brag he can spot an elephant? The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. I had to mute my mic because I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to ruin the audio. Um, oh, so I take that that is clips from the Chris Wallace interview that he did on yes, the White the House whole, lawn. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then with, you know, laugh track of and the boom, boom, boom of Seinfeld over it. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. Okay. Funny. Oh, I don't even know where to begin. What's interesting, too, is hmm, my first takeaway is that they're clearly going after painting him as not smart and not cognitively there rather than some of the more incendiary things he said. Because if you ask me what stood out to me in that interview, it wouldn't quite be those things. But mm. they picked up on those because it kind of fit that narrative that they're playing out, that this is a joke. This is all a big joke. He's a joke. Yeah. I, you know, this is, this is home turf, man. You're, you're at the White House. You're being interviewed by Fox News. Chris Wallace is going to be about as fair as anyone can be to you while not, you know, just pandering. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if, if, if you know, if we're going to have a real interview, well, Chris Wallace is the guy and they know that. That's why he was the one in the chair. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hijinks ensue because just the way he frames his arguments, the way he talks, like he has a pattern. It's just it's bluster, bluster, obfuscate, bluster, bluster. Like once you spot the pattern, it's like, OK, I'm going to speak to the greatness of whatever. And then I'm going to talk about somebody else that did it worse. You know, like mm -hmm. my answers to questions have things in them for everybody. You know, like if you listen to the president about masks, he's like, hey, I I've been for masks. I'm always for masks. Now, I think people should be able to decide for themselves because I believe in liberty and freedom. But, you know, masks aren't so bad. So everybody has a OK, masks aren't so bad. OK, cool. But I believe everybody should have liberty about. So I don't have to wear them if I don't want. Right. Like, it's just this. And he'll say things Circular. like, they do help. They're not the best, but they can <laughs> help. And so, yeah, so if you don't want to wear one, you'd be like, see, he said they don't really. They don't help. They don't. And then other people can say, see, they help. He said so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he contradicts himself in his own phrases, but I think that's intentional. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's all part of the style. It's like, I, I want to be able to go back and say, no, I did say that it was bad or no i didn't fully agree like mm -hmm. I, I don't have to be definitive i don't have to be concrete in my language even though the office of the presidency it'd be a goal for any president to be more concrete in their language and and, and that's what you hope for in a president sure to, to to decide and then to just own it it's like if if you were big and bad and bold enough to do it then you should be big and bad and bold enough to explain it and if people don't like it you should be big and bad and bold enough to be like, well, there's an election in a couple months. You can decide for yourself. <laughs> but I, I'm in the chair right now, and I know stuff you don't know, and I'm going to do what I need to do the way I see fit. You know, that's a message I can respect even if I don't respect the policy. Right. But clearly not what we're getting. I mean, he is consistent, like you said, in that this is how he's always done it. He's consistent in his messages 
inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, what images were we seeing in that? Was it just his interview? Clips? Yeah, so it would be it would be uh, Wallace talking, and then if he was talking about a poll, it would show that poll just like it did on the interview. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. it would show the president's response, and then it would just have like a reaction shot from Wallace, like just looking like weird, like, oh, okay. Or or when they're talking about the cognitive test, you know, it had the actual test, like mm-hmm. showing like, hey, yeah, this was on the test. Like, can you spot the elephant type thing? Like, can you count back from 100 type that cognitive test is not an IQ test. It's not no. intending to be hard. It's making sure that you don't have dementia exactly. and that you're just mentally aware. And it's not, and in fairness, I've also seen people be like, this is a dementia test. They're trying to make sure he doesn't have dementia. All presidents take those. Mm-hmm. So with some regularity, because we want to make sure that the president of the United States is you know, mentally cognizant. Otherwise, you've got 25th Amendment situation coming in. So it's not a red flag that he took this test. It's funny and problematic that he thinks that it was an IQ test and that he passed it so well. Okay, man. Yeah, and for somebody who takes himself super seriously, who does not laugh at himself, who never smile, like he doesn't joke, he's not, he doesn't do satire. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not his bag. For them to turn his responses into a comedy gag like I think that that's uniquely, you know, some of some of the Lincoln Project's ads are just trolling the president. I was just gonna ask you that, like, who do you think the target for this message is? Yeah, that's just the president. Like, yeah, we're messing with you, bro. We're in your head. We live there. We done took it up residence in your head. Some free real estate there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like SNL. Why they would do stuff half the time. Mm-hmm. was because he would get pissed and tweet about it. They're like, oh, we know he's watching. We can mess with them. Yeah. So they would do a lot of stuff with him and Putin. Yeah. Because after a while, it's like, it's not that funny, but they knew they could push his buttons. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Ah, what would you rate this one at? Uh, I give this ad a nine. A nine. I give it a seven and a half. I give it a... A nine if the goal is to get inside the president's head, because you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. But as an ad for, you know, public consumption, I think it's effective, but it's probably not the thing that makes people change their minds about who to vote for. Sure. So sure. that's why the lower score. All right. This next one is entitled How a President Leads. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We will never forget them nor the last time we saw them as they slipped the surly bonds of earth to touch the face of God. Those who are lost now, their legacy must be our lives. I can hear you, and the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. dispatching thousands and thousands of heavily armed soldiers. We dominate the streets. I won't traffic in fear and division. I won't fan the flames of hate. It's time to pick up our heads. Remember who we are. This is the United States of America. Ooh. 
I initially note that they intentionally include both Democrats and Republicans in that. These are all the presidents of my lifetime. Exactly. They're showing everyone. Every president in the last 40 effing years. They're all there. They're all there. And they're showing how they respond in moments of crisis and turmoil as presidential. And then contrasting that with the way Trump does, I think it's pretty effective. Yeah, in the calm discipline, in the communication discipline, we call this genre criticism. And mm. genre criticism is basically saying there is a pattern. There is an ethos of the, of, of the way people talk if given the same rhetorical situation, like responding to tragedy as a president. And they're going to do some of the same things. And either they hold to convention or they go completely opposite of convention. Mm -hmm. And when you watch and listen to those presidents from different parties, different ideologies, responding to different kinds of tragedy, they all have a unifying theme, mm -hmm. a similar theme. And then, as President Trump responds to tragedy, things go off the rail. One of these three is not like the, you know, like, it's that. Mm -hmm. And it's stark. Right. And it shows us that presidents respond by trying to bring us together. And this president responds by trying to not only divide us, but say, a group of you that I represent is the enemy. And you're yeah. the ones to be feared. Yeah, I mean, I think about Reagan there. A lot, actually, because mm -hmm. that that clip of what he's saying is in response to the to the Challenger shuttle blowing up. Exactly. Which we all right? sat there and watched happen. Yeah. The Challenger shuttle blows up. NASA, last I checked, like that's the government. We blew these people up. Yeah, I got to have some words to bring us together and to make it to where we don't shut NASA down. Mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to do some things here. And what's he say? They escaped the surly bonds of earth to touch the face of God. Like, that is some beautiful rhetoric to describe body parts raining down at Cape Canaveral. Like, that is, I don't even know how you muster the ability to say that type of stuff with a straight face, given what happened. Mm -hmm. But he did. Because he had to. Right. He had to. Right? Oklahoma City. Timothy McVeigh says, hey, I blew this building up because y'all did what y'all did at Ruby Ridge and at Waco. Mm -hmm. Y'all are foul. The ATF is foul. The federal government is foul. And I'm going to strike out. Clinton gets up there, hey, we have, to, they're, they're, we have to live up to their legacy by living out our lives. Right. Right? Like that's... And then Obama's when words fail you. The, the humility it takes to just sit there and sing... Yeah. That's a moment I will always remember. Yeah, and not, not just sing any old song. No, right. we're going to break out Amazing Grace, the song even the atheists know. Right, like we're going to break that one out. And, and when he talks about it, like he's talked about it since, and he's like, I mentioned it to people, like, I think I might sing. And people are like, you going to sing? Like, are you sure? Like, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, do it, sing. Yeah. And when you see the images of that, as soon as he started singing, them preachers behind him, they got up. Mm -hmm. As soon as they realized what he was doing, they was on their feet. Like, oh, we all about to carry this load. Yeah, it was such a unifying moment in that, like you said, it's this universal song that we all know and have, and it invokes feeling. 
but then they all stood and like held each other collectively. So there was a visual unity that happened there too. And eyes were not dry. No, eyes were not dry. And this is in response to Dylan Rue shooting exactly. up a church full of black people because they were black. Mm-hmm. And that's how the president responds to something that you could easily just get up there and scream about and say, this is awful and this is wrong and we're going to go crack down. That's mm-hmm. an, that's would be an understandable response, but because he's the president of the United States, he knows that other people can do that, but that's not his role to play. And we've got W. Bush. Mm-hmm. You know how I feel about W. Bush. You know I love W. I Bush. I do he, know he, that. He's the impetus for this podcast in a lot of ways because when we first talked about George W. Bush, <laughs> you were giving me the litany, mm-hmm. the, 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 the war crimes, right? Like mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I, just, I look at you. I'm I was like, like oh, on, you like A and B and C? And what about D? <laughs> And I was like, mistakes were made, but come on. And you just. <laughs> and you said mistakes were made. <laughs> Like, but come on, man. Like, hey, wait a minute. And so we got W. Bush on the rubble at 9-11. Not, not, not flying. He on the rubble. He's on the pile mm-hmm. with the megaphone. And somebody's shouting out, talking about they can't hear him. He's like, well, I can hear you. Mm-hmm. And in a little bit, the people that knock these buildings down is going to hear all of us soon. <sighs> right? And then, you know, we've got our current president. In response to tragedy, in response to a televised city-sanctioned murder mm-hmm. on the streets, and his response, I mean, it's just inexplicable. Mm-hmm. It's inexplicable that you would go that route in that moment. I don't know what it gains you. I don't think he thinks in terms of political strategy like that. It's just he's got like four moves and he just picks from those four moves. So it's like if someone asks you a question, attack. I don't think he's capable of humility, first of all, but of bringing people together, having a, an inspiring message. It's not what he's done in four years. I've never heard an inspiring, unifying message ever. Even when there was an opportunity – Uh, at Mount Rushmore to say, hey, America is wonderful. Yes, there's harmful things in the past, but let's focus on all these great things we've done. It was a very different tone. It was about cracking down on the internal threat on our own citizens, basically. Yeah. So I just don't, I don't think that that's something we should ever expect. Uh, It's pretty stark. And, and, And in the ad, while he's talking, like, you know, they got images of what happened at Lafayette Square and mm. the tear gassing and him holding the Bible at the church all weird. And, you know, it's just it's it's all the things that have happened in the last month and a half or so. And you're just like and then and then smash cut to Joe Biden talking like a president, again, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, OK, yeah, we remember this rhetoric. We got 40 years of this. He rhetoric. sounds a lot that. like the others. Yeah. yeah. It, no, that part's real smart to shine a light on how different and then how similar yes. it reminds yes. me of Bloomberg's ad. Bring presidential back. Do you remember that uh-huh. one? Yes, I do. I do. I played that in class. Yeah, yeah it reminds me a lot of that ad because that was so effective. And that one was basically all of the same things. Um, not in response to tragedy, but really impressive, moving oratory moments from presidents and then things Trump says, like the really mm-hmm. horrific sure. things. So it reminded me a bit of that for sure. Yeah. 
What do you rate this at? Oh, that's a 10. I agree. I think it's a 10. We might be a touch biased in terms of the way it hits, but I think it's pretty darn close. 9.5 or 10. Okay. Hey, it's in the margin of error. It's just Anthony Anthony and Rebecca's poll. (laughs) It wasn't a random sampling. (laughs) There's only two of us. (laughs) The margin is wide. But we're right, so there. <laughs> but we're right. But we're right. We're right. Why? How, how do you know you're? We're like we're we're like uh, uh, the the queen of how how do you know that you'll be right? Because I will have decided. Remember that in Game of Thrones. You're like oh. It's like oh 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 oh. Yeesh. Okay. All, All right, right Jon Snow. You got a decision to make, Coach. Oh, cool, cool. <laughs> do we have time for one more? Yeah, let's do one more. All right, this last one is called Wake Up. thought is that we have not had an opportunity to talk about John Lewis's passing. We have not. Yeah. I mean, talk about losing a giant man. The timeliness of these ads are what I'm struck by too. They're, they're really producing them quickly. What was the imagery like? So I imagine that those were, those are some of his earlier speeches. So we see a young John Lewis speaking in front of a crowd what were when they shifted and said America is you know facing a new crisis and started to talk about the way things are but don't have to be what what was the imagery there yeah so you smash cut from those older images of a younger John Lewis and and the civil rights movement and Mm -hmm. Dr. King and Mm -hmm. all freedom ride images and March on Washington images and all, all that. And then you smash cut to Black Lives Matter HD protest footage. Mm. And, you know, people protesting and people being mad in response to protest. And just, you know, that juxtaposition of we're still in this fight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a couple, couple modern images of John Lewis, 
uh, one hugging Barack Obama. But yeah, so. Is there footage when he walks over the Edmund Pettus Bridge for that second time? I do not believe so. Okay, interesting. Trump's never mentioned. Is he shown in that? No. I didn't think so. Yeah, it's interesting. Doesn't need to be. Doesn't need to be. No, it's implied. No. And it... Mm -hmm. And it's a way to make the death of a civil rights movement leader political without making it distastefully political. There's, I think there's a a lane you need to stay in. There is a difference. For it to be like honoring of his legacy versus like using it to say now, hey, vote for Biden. So you have to be careful there, I think. That can backfire on you. And the conservative in me also, I look at that and I say, hey, for, for anybody who would say, we haven't done anything in this country on matters of race, mm-hmm. you can't look at a story like John Lewis's and say that. And when you put a microphone in front of people like a John Lewis or the late Elijah Cummings or Jim Clyburn, they will tell you very mm-hmm. frankly that we've made massive amounts of change and their lives are a testament to that. Hell, my life is a testament to that. Mm-hmm. My daddy was not allowed to go to the places where I reside, to the places that pay me, right? Like, it, it, it's just not, it's not a thing. And so, yeah, we got stuff to do. We always got stuff to do. It mm-hmm. speaks to the quote you said in the last episode to end our episode. We're always mm. seeking towards that next, but we have done some things. And John Lewis's life wasn't for nothing. It's not like we didn't do nothing the whole time. He worked hard for that. We worked hard for that. Yeah, As a nation, yeah, yeah, yeah. We the did. nation. No, it was, it was a concerted effort. It wasn't one man. And he believed in that. He believed that. Absolutely, he did. One thing that I always think about is public opinion is always against those calling for change in the moment until mm-hmm. it slowly shifts over time. Mm-hmm. So I have seen arguments that say, well, this isn't the same as the civil rights movement. Yeah, you hated the civil rights movement too. How many times was Dr. Martin Luther King arrested? How many times was John Lewis arrested? They were attacked over and over and over again. The FBI had files on the man. And so to the point that there are conspiracy theories about who really killed MLK. Like people legitimately believe it was our own government in some sure. areas. And I understand why they think that when you've got such harsh rhetoric of that time against them. And so we like to look back and think, man, I'd be on that bridge with them. But if you're not with people holding up Black Lives Matter banners now, I don't think you would be on that bridge with them because you can't wait for something to be convenient and you can't wait for something to be perfect and you can't wait for something to be politically or publicly acceptable. Otherwise, it's not challenging. Otherwise, you don't have to get into the streets and demand it if people are already willing to be like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll stop killing you. No problem. Why don't you just ask? (laughs) Yeah, you're exactly right. And- I digress, but yeah. No, but I would just submit that the movement now and the things that are being spotlighted and the things that are being asked for, Mm -hmm. you know, 50, 60 years ago, you couldn't have even imagined those things because you're dealing with more overt, blatant things. We got to deal with the overt, blatant things before we can even envision the systemic thing. Like, we we, we Mm. know this. Like, oh, well, you know, there's no policy there's no outright thing that does the thing that you're talking about that makes things unequal yeah but there's a whole lot of things that are just put in place 
that now that we're allowed to be free and breathe and move in places, we're noticing that things still ain't Mm -hmm. as great as they could be. And we're saying, okay, this is the new iteration of that. And I know we want to say, oh, but we dealt with that already. We handled that already. But I've said this before to you on the pie. I say it to, in, in my life. It's hard to undo 400 some odd mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. in 50 years, 60 right. years, 70 years. We haven't bought in fully that we even need to do it. If we had the vigor that we had to enslave people mm. to make it right, then we'd be about some real business. Wow. But we're still trying to convince people to be as fervent in their objection to to what was done as they were to uphold it. Mm. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, until we get to that level, it's going to be difficult for us to make the progress that we say we want to make. Well said. This ad clearly brings up stuff because we just (laughs) dove right in. So it's certainly an effective conversation starter. And I wonder if that is the point of it. What do you, who do you think the target audience of this ad is? The target audience of this ad. Hmm. I'd be hard pressed to find somebody. This. I mean, uh, when when John Lewis died, I made the mistake of clicking on the comment section of the story I was reading, Uh-oh. just to see. Because when people I do it too. that noteworthy and and who have that type of conscience die. I want to read like, okay, how do you make up something bad about this person? And I had to scroll before I found something positive, like a ton of negativity. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at his district. It's in the trash. His district's worse than when he took it over. He sold out. He made a bunch of money. He placated the blacks and, and and let people do. And I'm just reading this. I'm like, whoa. Not a cited source oh, to be sure. seen. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> you know, no I'm like, if you're going to say some mess like that stuff. about the dead, you need some sources. You don't get to just say stuff. Uh, what publication was this on? It was, it was an Associated Press piece, but I saw it on like Yahoo News. But it was mm. an Associated Press piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like it goes YouTube. Well, I mean like 4chan stuff, but <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> Yahoo News and Fox News in terms of like crappy comments and then goes oh. from there. The yeah, volatility. Maybe it was a of Yahoo News. I got to get the heck off Yahoo News, man. But I don't click on the comments. I just look at like, okay, what's trending? And that's different. Yeah. Also, the people who comment are the loudest people in the room, often the most uneducated, and the people who have the time to sit there and argue on Yahoo News comment feeds. <laughs> right. You know, so I, but it's tough. You have to remind yourself like grain of sand, but like it'll make you spiral. And then it's easy to think, oh, well, that's what people think of John Lewis. This great, great man. So I guess the target audience, kind of everyone, I think. Yeah. Humans. Just, are you, do you have a pulse? Yeah. Are you, are you human? Can you, can you look at somebody's life and legacy and, and say that we, America does produce good humans Mm. of all stripes. And I think it ties into their greater goal of these are American values. These are American heroes. These are people who have served our country in one way or another in contrast to what we have now. In contrast to. Mm -hmm. And they didn't need to do the contrast. They don't need to do the contrast. It's in thematic, right? Exactly. It's it's, it's unstated. Mm -hmm. It's the unstated argument. 
different from preterition where you bring up the argument. I'm not here to talk about such and such, but mm. that's preterition. That's different <laughs> than enthematic. Enthematic is you can infer this because we're so good at the messaging. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact, Richard Nixon was a pro at both of those, preterition and enthematic arguments. Really? The best we've seen. Yeah, the, the world wasn't ready for Dick Nixon. We, he, rhetorically, he's, he's pretty good. Interesting. This is why he got away with what he got away with for so long, because he was so good. He could just get on there and explain and just be like, yo, I got some words. <laughs> Here are some words. <laughs> People walk away confused, but not blaming him for any illegal activity. Well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I got blood on my shirt, but, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, what rating do you give this ad? I give this a 10. Yeah, it's up there for sure. Yeah. I give it a 10. A 10, a nine and a half audio, but once you see the visuals, 10. Okay, yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch it, but nine and a half for what I, what I heard for sure easily. And I think it's smart for them just to, well, and appreciate this great American who we lost and for it not to be about a democratic or a liberal loss, but right. all together, we've all benefited from him and men like him and people like him doing that type of work for their entire lives. Oh, I was, I was real sad to hear of his passing. I mean, I know it was somewhat expected because of his diagnosis, but it was still, right. still a heavy right. one. And this woman's in my prayers as well. Hold on. She got to hold on. She got the RBG mug up. It's mm -hmm. like, you gotta hold on. You gotta make it to January. Cause man, even if <sighs> like if 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 the president lost in, in in November and she died in December, you better believe that they're gonna confirm somebody. Like you know that. Like that's Mitch like, McConnell's gotta... suddenly gonna have just a totally different perspective. He are, he's already said so. Yeah, he he's has already, he already has his frame, like he already knows. Like he was like, Who's Merrick Garland? Yeah, what must it feel like? to have your health tied to Ugh. an institution like that like what pressure must she feel because she knows she knows she's aware and to have a group of society being like come on die so we can have another confirmation oh. and then another group of people being like come on live so he doesn't get one and some people genuinely care about her as a human, but there's so much else going on there that I must be dehumanizing in a lot of ways. I root for all people to live. Live. Live, live as long as you can live. Live as long as you can live. That seems like a good rule of thumb, Anthony. <laughs> I like you know, that. I yeah. I'm like, hey, I ain't rooting for nobody to die. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Same, same. I mean, and that goes for when Scalia passed away. There was some really in poor taste things. You can be critical of everyone and anyone. So it's okay to say these are the things, like I fundamentally disagreed with, you know, all of his rulings if you want to. And some of those were harmful to individuals, sure. But to be like joyous or happy that he was dead, that, mm, -mm. Yeah, and I mean, he, his death was sudden and shocking absolutely and, it was you know in the aftermath a lot a lot of what was played up was like his friendship with ruth bader ginsburg like how mm -hmm. tight they were right yep they're in a play together <laughs> <laughs> anthony what's the quote of the week all right in keeping with our presidential theme but why some say the moon why choose this as our goal and they may well ask why climb the highest mountain why, 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. 
We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is the one that we are willing to accept. One we are unwilling to postpone and one which we intend to win. And the others too. John F. Kennedy. Brain in the JFK. We choose to go to the moon. I love how he says decade in that. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and the other things. (laughs) He's so... He's so East Coast. I know. It's so funny to me the way a style has changed. For sure. This has been This Is For The CV. Thanks for listening, Mom. This Is For The CV is a Larson and Lestrat production. Editing done by Rebecca Larson. Music performed by Issa Black. Thanks, man.